podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Surprise, Aston Villa fans. This is a surprise podcast that even myself and Paddy didn't know we were doing roughly about seven and a half minutes ago when Paddy messaged me and goes, hi, are we doing any preview for the Everton game? And I went, oh, yeah, forgot all about that. Let's do it. So <laughs> this is this podcast is as much a surprise to you as it is to me. <laughs> there you go. Has to be done, though. Has to be done. Well, yeah, we'll 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 chat through it. Um, we we we'll definitely chat it through. Re- because, we have to give it the respect it deserves. Unfortunately, exactly. as, much, as much as people are uh, tuning out from it, it it's amazing exactly. the difference a year makes when we were just totally invested in these competitions, and now we're now we're all about the the conference league and the and the the league itself. But look, but it's uh, it's another avenue into Europe. So. We, we have to give it the respect it deserves, and uh, I fully expect there'll be a strong enough team, albeit somewhat of a reserve team, out tomorrow night. Well, yeah, and we, we'll get on to that in a moment, but I, I suppose the biggest reason that, like, like, it's not apathy about the competition itself, Paddy, I think it's just apathy about this particular game and the fact that, you know, there's been a lot said about the it not being included in the season ticket and, you know, the pricing for it and so on and so forth and the fact that there's, what, is there still 18,000 tickets available for this game? Or, well, there was anyway about a week ago. I presume tomorrow there will be, people will will fill, not all of them, obviously, but uh, I could still see maybe 10,000 seats available. I did I did a, an Everton um podcast that a, a preview with, with an Everton podcast called the Toffee Blues with lovely lovely lad by the name of Ellis and um, I mentioned him as well I forgot to say it on the podcast but I mentioned him afterwards about the seats and he was like oh there's a huge Everton contingent uh, traveling to this game because they're all massively buoyed after beating Brentford at the weekend so mm. um, they're mad waiting for this this game can't come quick enough because uh, you know as I say it's a competition it's it's uh, something that they want to use to to obviously go far in the competition to kind of uh, gel their team together, and obviously they're still working the way under Sean Dyche as as, as well. So it, it's going to yeah. be an interesting one, I think. Which would well, be I think, I think the biggest there. possible allocation, which is four and a half thousand. So yeah, they're they're, they're going to have a big contingent there. Their, their end is going to be full, and ours is going to be empty. And look, I I can speak out of both sides of my mouth with this one. I knew in May that we didn't have our free. Uh, said this before we didn't have this yeah. free um it could have went under the radar which it has done many years where we didn't even have a, a, a cup game at home because we were knocked out of the carabao cup early and knocked yeah. out of the fa cup away from home so it it's just one of those things that unfortunately i believe is two years too early the, these kind of changes probably should have came around when the when the north stand was completed the same the same goes for the lower grounds i'm not even getting into that argument um i agree with everybody everybody everything they say is right but i do believe that this would have been done in two years time anyway and i think they could have waited mm-hmm. so that's that's the long and the short of it yeah. this, this this league this league cup game it's unfortunate we're missing out on that one as well but you know, it's progress. I know people don't like to hear that. I know people are hurting. I know people are hurting in their pockets. But this is what be, this is how big clubs are run now. And 
the one thing I will say is as long as we're a big club on the pitch, as we're trying to be off the pitch, I'm okay with it. Yeah, let's let's actually, and, and you know what, Paddy, we just mentioned this beforehand. Um, you know, big club off the pitch, there 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 are there, there are ways to to go. You know, we we must be the only club in in European football that has decided to give to the to that the players have actually started giving out about their shirts, um, <laughs> in their performance. Uh, if anybody else knows of any other team that that that, that has happened to, no, look, we could all see it that they were like they're, they're sopping wet or whatever. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. And and look, you know, this isn't having a bitch or a moan or anything about it. I suppose it's just there's a couple of creases that need to be ironed out, and they need to be ironed out quickly. I would say within the next six to six to nine months, I think, because uh, you know, as I say, you don't want these things lingering on. You know, and we want the consultation obviously with the fans, and we want all that to, to continue and to and and to actually. I suppose really grow more so than continue, um. But uh, yeah, there's look, look. As I said, there's there's, there's a couple of things. Uh, you mentioned the lower grounds. We won't even get in, go into that at the moment because uh, I feel somewhat fraudulent talking about stuff like that, considering that it isn't. You know, I don't go there every week and stuff like that. So sometimes it, uh, I I feel like I'm I'm a bit fraudulent when I do talk about that kind of stuff. So <laughs> that's why you know I stay away from it on Twitter at times. I stay away from it here uh, because. Uh, I could just be rising, riling people up when, you know, my dog in the fight here is obviously the fan, but I don't have the lived experience of it, um, mm. if you want of a better term. Um, but but it, never, it never appealed sure. to me. The only, as a season ticket holder, I was entitled to go in there. The only time I went in there pre-season was once to meet Tony Daly when he was signing his book, and the other time was to have a point with Kieran and Ben O'Callaghan. And... It's a strange place, it's a strange atmosphere, it's very quiet, very subdued, and it, ne it never appealed to me, so I never went back. But uh, look, it's, it's a choice for everybody now. There's 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 more pubs than ever around the, the ground. People will have to change things up. Not that I'm telling people how to be a fan. If people want to be pissed off about this, they can be pissed off about it, because 100%. I think they're right. I think they're right. Yeah, but uh, look, I'm, I'm just giving my point of view that... This would have happened in two years' time, anyway. With the, with the North Stand built, they would have looked at every avenue in order to increase uh, revenue. But it's it's unfortunate, and it, and the people that it's unfortunate for is the people who went in there week after week and expected to see the same people at the same tables and really really enjoyed their match day experience. And to have that yeah. taken away is unfor is unfortunate. And there's a lot of older older. Um, gentlemen let's call them that go in there and i feel sorry for them in particular because you know their whole match day ritual you know of being in there in a nice warm room uh, out of the cold especially in the winter time so look it's tough going yeah. yeah and look as i say uh this isn't what this podcast was supposed to be about um we're seven minutes in but it's our job it's to cover a, everything and we may well, as well yeah, cover it, it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's something to address because as I said these three things are all falling within the same time. You know the short yeah. issue, the short. I'm going to call it the short fiasco because it is pretty. It is pretty bad. You know what way the short is did, is actually. Did the article actually yeah. say that that who who was complaining? Because we haven't actually heard anything from the players. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't. I'd be and and full full disclosure. I've only seen what Villa report put up on on Twitter. I haven't had time to go and look at it, but it just mentioned um, that uh, I think it was Matt Law mentioned. And look, Matt Law isn't a sensationalist either at the best of times, you know. So um, mm -hmm. when he puts it up, he must have gotten a sniff of it from somewhere. 
um, because he's not he's not a kind of a guy who would stake his reputation on sensationalism. Not yeah. not that I've seen anyway. If anyone can point me in a different in a different direction, please do. But I think Matt is usually a solid solid uh, contributor and a solid solid yeah. uh, reporter. And look, it, it doesn't so. make sense. It doesn't make sense for a short to be sapping with because, <laughs> like we all we all know, we get caught in the rain. How uncomfortable and awkward that is to to walk around in, let alone play ninety minutes of football in. So something will have to give. Um, you'd have to think that Castor are looking at using a different material to get a, to get to get us back on track, but they they haven't got much time to sort this out. That's that's the issue. But we we saw it in America and put it down to the, the heat. And um, Ben Ben Davis, who, who watches and is often in the comments there, Diego Carlos gave his son his jersey in America, and he said it was absolutely soaking wet. Unfortunately, some fucker came along and robbed it off the child and afterwards believe it or not but uh he said mm. yeah he said to hold it in his hand was actually soaking wet after holding the jersey nuts absolutely nuts but yeah. look yeah they, they'll have to they'll have to do something to sort it out because it is a mess yeah and like and like look uh, i suppose geez i know i just said we'd move on from this but we had rob warner on whose job is to design football shirts uh as a professional and he said that like this shirt would have been signed off material uh design uh, everything would have been signed off 18 18 months to two years ago because they would have had to sign it off almost two years ago the design of it obviously not release it they'd have to mm. have had to, to do that because of production leading times if i'm not mistaken uh that that's what he said on the podcast so like it's not like it's well obviously the people who are signing off on it are most likely no longer at the club considering we've had uh changes to to the management structure at, at mm. the moment but it was christian perslow's team or not but um you know maybe they weren't aware maybe they didn't know how it would how it would uh, react to players but you'd think that some that a, a clothing company would understand that would understand how it would react um to to moisture you know it but it's yeah. uh well, in it's, fairness it's to whoever in fairness to whoever signed off at the club, they they they're signing off on on a an email that comes through with the design. They don't actually see the short until it arrives, you know, the following year. I would imagine that. So the design was all signed off on, but actually the fabric and the feel of the fabric probably wasn't done until it arrived into Body More Heat for the players to wear. Yeah, it's probably well. I would imagine there's prototypes somewhere, but anyway, you know, as I say, it's it's who who actually. <clears throat> got to see the prototypes because look to be honest with you if you were to say to me we're getting jerseys i go yeah fabric is fabric you know like yeah. at the end and that's just that's just my ignorance and and i wouldn't i wouldn't castigate anybody else that would be maybe a financial person or somebody in the commercial department or whoever's making the decision the ceo cfo ceo whatever you want to call mm -hmm. them i wouldn't castigate them for making the decision on it because you don't know fabric i don't know fabric just like if you were to yeah. hand me a plank of wood, I go, that's a plank of wood. I don't know what type of yeah. wood it is, you know. But and you could um, hand you could hand you could he could have handed him the fabric back back 12 months ago and, and had it in his hand yeah. and went, that, that actually feels lovely. Feels and lovely un yeah. Unpopular opinion, but I actually like the castor stuff. The stuff I bought last I haven't bought any I bought a home short this season, but um other other than other than that, I haven't bought anything this season. But the stuff I bought last season has been really, really good quality. Yeah, the training wear has been really good quality. I, I bought I an Ireland short, an Ireland short, really good quality. 
uh, I've played indoor football and that and was sweating profusely last Wednesday night, but the short wasn't stuck to me or anything. It was fine. So it was just the fabric. The fabric is the yeah. issue. We don't we don't see it with Wolves. We don't see it with Newcastle. We don't see it with Rangers. We don't see it with Ireland. They're the ones off the top of my head that, that have it. Yeah. And it just seems Absolutely. to be a problem with that particular one. And it doesn't seem to happen with the away short or the third short either. No. So no. anyway, there you go. Yeah, well, maybe we just wear the third shirt more and more. We'll see, but uh, I don't know. But Mark says here, Mark Brennigan, I, I, uh, you mentioned there that the article you read said it was McGinn who complained and demanded something was done and that the higher-ups are insisting that Castori provide a solution. To be honest with you, my rudimentary knowledge of, of football shirt design and so on and so forth, I have uh, somebody who's involved in... Uh, I, I friends with somebody who's involved in the leisure wear industry and uh, I'm reliably informed that you could make a complete another copy of it in different fabric and sublimate the um, <laughs> the the design onto it, and uh, not have to completely go out and have a root and branch new replica jersey created or anything like that. That you could yeah. just you could do it on a different type of fabric, um, exactly. and uh, and it's 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 easy enough solved in theory. In theory, I think it's easy enough stuff. Anyway, look, 12, 12 minutes, 50 seconds into this, and we haven't even uttered Everton's, Everton's name yet. Um, I will nearly say this every I'm time. Trying we to, I'm trying to avoid this because, <laughs> like, what <laughs> there the isn't day, really we, don't, much. we don't know what Everton are, how they're going to line up for this. We Not don't know how seriously they're going to take it, and we don't know how seriously yeah. we're going to take it. I think we'll take it fairly seriously. But not to the extent where we see the same team that played yesterday line up tomorrow night. I just can't, or on Sunday line up tomorrow night. I just can't see that. No. So, yeah, in your intro there, your your picture was Omari Kellyman. Omari Kellyman. Yeah, I I think like I think there will be the odd bolter like that that comes in and plays. So, mm. I hope I hope there is because in fairness to the young lad, the performances he put in pre season, he deserves a run out. So. Yeah. Is this the right whether time from start or whether it's 30 minutes off the bench? You know, yeah. I think it makes sense for him. Yeah, yeah, I do. And, and to be honest with you, in the position, excuse me, in the position that he could come on and he could play, I don't see any reason not to start him, you know, mm. uh, in, in a game like this. Now, we talk about Huber, or we talk about, um, sorry, there was a, the, the, there was somebody who commented on a, on a video before uh, and used the word hubris. And uh, that's why I'm just having a little, little smile to myself there. Um, but we do talk about hubris and going with teams that uh, that may be overly uh, changed, um, and we may not see that considering what happened against Lega Warsaw. But um, I think that there could that there will be obviously different bodies in there. Like I think John Duran starts. I think that's probably a given. That John Duran mm -hmm. is going to start this game. I think Jacob Ramsey is going to start this game. I think Leon Bailey is going to start this game. I think. Dina has to start this game because we don't have any other left back in the in, on, on the panel unless he goes Seb Brevin uh, for this one. I mean, he can't because Seb Brevin's oh, out on at Rotherham. Can't he's gone out alone. Uh Paul Torres, he's not going to play at left back. I wouldn't um that. I would imagine Clement Longley is going to come in there somewhere. Um uh maybe maybe Torres, maybe it's Torres, Longley, and, and Kanza playing that back line. Like so that back four are probably going to be three people that will be playing again uh this coming weekend. Yeah, I would imagine because we just don't have the a massive amount of bodies there. I don't think he goes chambers at right back. I and that's not just. I just. <laughs> I don't. I hope not. I hope not. He might I go Matty Cash I, at right back. I think actually. I, I, but, but I, 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 wonder, think, I want to see us put out our strongest possible in a defensive line and and be be somewhat uh, professional in that in and that and that's where we'll grow. I I yeah. I'd probably I, I I would not be surprised one bit to see Robin Olsen start. 
So Robin Olsen starts. I think yeah. we, need, we need to be really strong in front of him, just to give him that little bit of confidence of yeah. that he he knows he has the support of those around him. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my prediction anyway for the, the back four to be really strong. Robin Olsen in behind, and then it's after that. You know, I do believe we'll see Yuri Tielemans tomorrow, um, in some shape or form. Um, he could leave out either or of Luisa Camara or both. I think the way starts. That well, was going to be my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and then it's 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 a free-for-all then up top what he decides to do and who, who he decides to play. I agree with you that it'll be Duran and Bailey. Um, I'd like to see Duran, Bailey and Kelly Mann. If, that's if, that's what I have. Sorry, I I've, yeah. I have a four four two with Ramsey and Bailey in the wings, um, and Kellyman playing off Duran up top. That's mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. That's that's how I think they'll go. Absolutely fine with me. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and 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 to be honest, with you, I think that's where you play Kellyman. You just give him that bit of freedom in behind the striker, but get allow him play there, allow him run across the two centre halves who are likely going to be. Maybe they go with Brent Wade inside there. Maybe they go with Tarkovsky if they go with their full team. If not, they've got Michael Keane, who we took the task already this year, and Ben Godfrey in there. So they actually have a pretty decent four centre-halves in there that they, they, they could get something going out of. Um, I would imagine, what you, what's your man's name? Is it Nathan Patterson, the right-back, the Scottish right-back, yeah. might come in again. Um, they only have one left-back, as far as I'm aware, in Mikalenko, unless they bring uh, Ashley Young over. I don't think we see Ashley Young at the weekend, uh, unless he starts at left-back. Um, and then they're going to, I think that they, they might completely change their strike force as well, albeit that they had Calvert-Lewin and Beto, um, and both of them scored, if I'm not mistaken, at the weekend. Well, Calvert-Lewin definitely did when he came off the bench, um, but they also have that young guy who signed from Sporting. Uh, Beto the, didn't, yeah. The Corey and Tarkovsky got the other two goals. Yeah. Uh, Shermiti, the guy that they, they signed from um, Sporting Lisbon um, uh, during the summer, uh, young guy, uh, 19 years of age, and obviously mm-hmm. Neil Maupe. Um, did he not go to Brentford? Did he he's not gone, go to he's gone, yeah. He's gone. You go back to Brentford. Uh, he did. Just, just, yeah. Just in the back of my mind, I wasn't sure whether it went through on deadline day or not. But uh, well, he won't start, so it's probably Shermiti, and maybe they give Calvert Lewin, um, uh, you know, um, a, a start there. Uh, Dwight mm. McNeil, I think, will definitely start this game, just because uh, away from home, having a steady Eddie like Dwight McNeil in there who can play, uh, who, who can play on that left wing and whipping crosses to beat the band. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's. I think he's he's a vital weapon, and he's something vital in Sean Dyche's team. So I suppose it just go. It just, that will actually show us whether Dyche really wants to win this, or is coming here to 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 win this game, or solidify for the Premier League. Um, yeah. But, but I th- well, I think he's in the unfortunate situation where he doesn't have the backup to really mix it up and be competitive. Plus. He could probably do without this because staying in the Premier League is the most important thing for that club. So mm. in order to push on and what he'd be judged on at the end of the season is what he does in the Premier League. So this this could be a pain or a pimple on his ass tomorrow. So we we, we will know an awful lot by this by this time tomorrow and what, what he decides to do. But um I, I don't believe that uh, well, I believe that if he had more to pick from, like you mentioned the likes of Patterson, Keane, Godfrey. Um, Chermiti, uh, Dan Juma, you haven't mentioned, he, he could be in there as well. He will mix it up, he'll mix it up as much as possible to, to get minutes in the legs of those fellas who are sitting out games. Um, 
you know, he'd probably, I'm sure he'd still go with Pickford because the, the young lad they have there from the Portuguese fellow's name escapes me, the goalkeeper. Virginia <laughs> or something like that. What's his name? Yeah. I think that's the goal. Yeah. Joe Virginia. Yeah, I think that's what his name is. Yeah. Well, he, he might throw him in there if he thinks he's good enough. So, it, like, he's, he's still relatively young, 23 years of age. But um, time will tell whether he's uh, he's he's good enough material to be in there from the start. Yeah. But, um, you know, someone they could throw in there as well is, you know, Everton, Everton love to have kind of like a homegrown player in there every so often. Well, not every so often, like like most teams do, like, like they like to have mm. a homegrown player. Tom Davies used to be that guy. Yeah. And, and, and obviously Tom Davies is gone. Um and and Onyango, the um is a Tyler Onyango as well. Uh he's a, he's come off the bench once this season, young guy, um big strong midfielder, very good in the air. They might just play two a uh, twin towers midfield, um mm. like uh, in there with Onyango and, and Onana in there. Not the most mobile players, uh, but but still uh, very, very like they're not slow, don't get me wrong, but they're very um they're 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 very big. They're very strong. They're very good uh, at uh, at taking up space. Maybe that might be something they might do inside there as well. He's definitely somebody I think could start tomorrow. Um, if Sean Dyche does look at maybe kind of trying to trying to mix it up as well a little bit. Mm. Um, John Steele makes a very valid point here. You know, five Premier League teams go out in this round. It's four games to the final. They might as well go strong. I agree. I do agree. <laughs> that's that's good. Info. I didn't know that, John. And and I, as I say, seven minutes before we went live, that's the that's the amount of time we had to do a bit of research in this. Um, but that is uh, like uh, uh, that's that's actually a decent incentive. You know, yeah. five Premier League teams go out, um, and there's uh, there's obviously there's always an upset third round, um, where the Premier League team will go yeah. out that that you don't expect. There's, there's strong teams playing each other as well. Man City play that's Newcastle. It. Brentford yeah. play Ar- Brentford play Arsenal, Chelsea play Brighton, we play yeah. Everton, you know, and, and Liverpool of Leicester, which is no walkover either. I know it's not an all Premier League tie anymore, but uh, you know, it, it could definitely see people go out that <laughs> weren't yeah. expecting it as well. And um, Paddy as well, with the, with all these games going straight to penalties as well, teams have an incentive to sit back and hold on for a nil all draw and try mm. and win on penalties, you know. So um yeah. Wolves have gone out tonight to lower league opposition as well. They lost to Ipswich 3-2. And Palace are gone, beaten by Man United. Luton are gone, lost to Exeter. So, look, it's a very valid point that John makes. And with, with, I, even even with going strong, we can go strong with, without um, sacrificing too much on the pitch, I believe. Um you know, the the only the only real bolter that wouldn't get any kind of game time usually would be Robin Olsen and Amari Kellerman, as we mentioned. I think everybody else is going to be in around the squad anyway. I I actually you know somebody else we didn't mention that could get a, could get game time in there. He came on for a small little bit last game is Leo Donker. He could be brought mm, in. He could be yeah. like you could you could see a team. You know, you could see an all, an all Belgian midfield there with Tielemans and Dendonker, and usually I would I would go. I'm not I'm not 100 sure of having the two of them in there in a mid in, in a two man midfield, but the two of them know each other inside out from playing playing um uh international football with each other, yeah. albeit. But like the thing that, the thing that gets me here gets me I'm not going to say excited, but gets me really rational about Leon Dendonker here is that if we went with two natural fullbacks, like let's just say he goes with Maddie Cash and he goes with with Dina. In this game, uh, then Donker, uh, and we know how we played when 
Bubakar Kamara pull back into the back three. So let's just say he goes with long lane, he goes with, with, with Paul Torres. Uh, yeah. and, and goes with two left footers, and we have a, a situation whereby then Donker can can pull back into that back three because he exactly. ha- he plays in a back three in international football. And now, for Belgium, the, yeah, that's what I was just about to the, say. Yeah. Exactly. Now that to me then would mean Leon Bailey wouldn't start or Kellyman wouldn't start because he would go then with the the a midfield four of something like Ramsey, Tillemans, McGinn to start the game. And, uh, and I'm okay with that too, you know, if that happens. I'm okay with that too because it means that the tree become a more narrow tree. Bailey yeah. goes up top or Kellyman goes up top then with Duran. And then we've got our, our we're flanked by by Cash and Dina. Like, he, like he's done already this season. But to me, the more I start, uh, the more I talk about it, the more I start to convince myself that that isn't a bad bad thing to do. And it gives us an option if we wanted to use that tactic. And it gives us also an option of taking Kamara off and using that tactic in other games. And by seeing it here against decent opposition tomorrow, and it's Chad. Chad, good to see you from the Villa Forever podcast, uh, guys. If you haven't, if you haven't watched Chad, Chad's podcast recently, well, if you haven't watched Chad's podcast at all, you better watch it. But secondly, if you haven't watched it recently, it's just big name after big name on that podcast. Uh, you had Gary Thompson on it recently, and uh, you know you, you you've been do, doing some great work, Chad. So keep keep up. Hang on, is it about to take a nosedive because I'm due on it next week? So <laughs> the oh. big names are finished. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Get the bleep filter out, Chad. Get the bleep filter out for all the swear words. <laughs> I, have, I have to be on my best behavior. <laughs> but but Chad asked, do, do I think Chamber starts tomorrow? Um, I don't, and and, and I don't because I think this. I, I I think he'll go with something different tomorrow, or I think he'll go with something a bit stronger. Um, I like it's not to say you know. It's not to say that Callum Chambers is completely written off, but um, mm. I just don't think this game against Everton would suit him, um, as play- specifically playing as a right back. I don't. I think honestly, suit, wouldn't, I don't think I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he op- offers him a little bit of redemption there to go on um, and uh, make up for last week, um, just to see, you know, put put either put a final nail in, in his coffin or give him a chance. Um, I don't believe he rates him as highly as as previous managers did. But uh, look, he's he's not a bad option to have when we're stuck. I don't believe he's up to the quality that we wa- where we want to be come the end of this season. So for that reason, uh, it, there could be a little bit of a a chance that he starts tomorrow. But I wouldn't be putting any money hmm. on it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't start him in this game. I I, I just yeah. I want us to attack them down the wings. I want us to be more fluid down the wings and. and and I just don't think that's he's the guy that brings us that. Yeah. I think he's either uh, comes in as an auxiliary uh, third centre half, or he's the guy who comes on to kill the game as a as a defensive midfielder if Dendonka or somebody is injured. Um, but yeah. I, I'm just not sure of him as as a right back, uh, specifically when we're wanting to take the game to teams, um, because when he gets forward, as we saw against Lega Warsaw, he's not going to develop. You know, an extra three yards of pace between no. what we saw against Lega and 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 tomorrow mm-hmm. night. Um, so positionally, he has to be better, and he may very well be better positionally as well. There's, there's <laughs> no, there's no hard and fast there either. Ronan asks, "Is Traore back and fit? If so, does he start no. tomorrow?" I, I don't know. I don't think he's fit. No, he's still out. He's still out. Yeah, he's, he's nearly there, but he won't make tomorrow. Apparently, yeah, which is a shame because it's a game whereby he he gets twenty minutes off the bench. You know. Definitely, if if mm. uh, if he's fit, and he needs these games, like you know, he needs these games because chances. He's been very unfortunate, you know. He could incredibly. Like, he he could have got a start tomorrow if he was fit. I'd imagine, you know, just to, to put minutes in him and see what see where he's where he's at. Um, 
you know, I, I, I would have had no problem with him playing again instead of the likes of Bailey or whatever. Bailey's got plenty of time. But uh yeah, it is unfortunate. But look, he's he's still our player, so he's not a bad weapon to have in competitions like these and it, it, oh, yeah. it's, it was the anniversary yesterday was it of that magical goal he scored in his debut in the yeah. in the Carabao Cup as well so anyway yeah and uh, yeah as I always say about Bertrand Traore he came back from a loan deal in, in January didn't play a whole pile but essentially his goal against Leicester was what all that kicked it all off you know um, mm. that goal out of nothing in a game whereby we didn't look like we were going to do anything and then all of a sudden you know that run has kept going and we go on and we we finish we finish uh in the top seven so you know fair play to Bertrand Troy that like he scored some beautiful goals and he you know he'll get his chances at times this season as well but he's just been really unfortunate with injuries so uh you know that does kick you down the pecking order a small bit um for him that's unfortunate that for him that's unfortunate yep. um are you going to ask me your question, Paddy, about the Everton team? Is it the tantrum? <laughs> I wasn't sure whether it was the team sheet tantrum. Okay, we'll hold on for that. I just said I'd ask you because I <laughs> I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. Yeah. If, uh, I keep forgetting to do it myself, but anyway, I'll try and remember tomorrow. I gave it to, I gave it to Vinny at the weekend and he, he was a bit stumped. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Vinny, springing it on him like that. Um yeah, I, I, I suppose that really kind of does it for tonight. You know, it's very difficult to talk about a, a, a game when you're guessing potentially anywhere up to six starters and a team. Mm. It's very difficult. Now, it's easy to discuss it because, but it's all hypothetical, you know, and um, and specifically as well, we don't know what way Everton are going to go. Now, the Ellis, uh, who I spoke to on the Toffee Blues podcast, he's convinced that Everton are going to go strong, strong, strong. And and we'll go with like ten out of the ten starters that uh, right. maybe not better. Um, he maintains they go with their full, uh, their full complement. Pinkford and goals two two centre halves. He he maintains Dyche is going to go hard for this and use it as a platform to build off the Brentford game. And if they do, then you know Villa are going to have to have their wits about them uh, tomorrow because uh, yes, I know historically or over the last what is it in, in 2023 Everton are rock bottom of the table. Um, just uh, on the same points as Chelsea as as uh, as um, as fate would have it, and both of them, both clubs, <laughs> kind of put there by Frank Lampard. But uh, I don't know whether you could you could label everything uh, as Lamp Lampard's fault. But um, you know, Ev Everton have. Everton have a corner that they can turn. I don't think they're absolutely awful. They were awful against us when we beat them earlier on in the season, but I think that there is a corner for Everton to turn. And I've said it before, and I'll say it in every single podcast when Aston Villa play Everton, I like Everton. I think they're a real traditional, honest, good football club with, with a superb history. And, uh, you know, for me, they're, they're, as I said before, it's the ground this, that I've been second most in English football. And, uh, uh, you know, I want to see Everton Survive in the Premier League, and I want to see them stay up. Um, I just don't want to see them win tomorrow night. Which Absolutely, exactly, exactly, exactly. Dave is asking for score predictions. I do them in this show, and uh, Paddy normally does them in the team sheet tantrum. I am going to go two one Aston Villa. That was my uh, that was my score prediction in. Um, when I did the, the Toffee Blues podcast. And if you guys want to watch that as well, um, it's on YouTube, Toffee Blues podcast. 
uh, we spoke about a lot about this game. Um, went into more detail, I suppose. I, I did wax lyrically about about uh, my you know my respect for Everton as well. So if you want to, you can forward through that because you've heard quite a lot of it here uh, a moment ago. Um, but well, uh, I'm surprised we got we got thirty minutes into this, and I know we're just about to finish. We haven't mentioned the the rumours around Ollie Watkins today. It's because I didn't see anything credible. I didn't see anything at all. <laughs> Did you not? You drive that group muted. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I actually flicked through and I, I was there going, "Oh yeah, the boys had something up in the group about about the um <laughs> about the about about the rumors." What are the rumors again? Who's looking at him? Arsenal. Pony up the money, lads. That's all I'd say. Anyone who comes looking for any of our players, that's fine. Have a look at them. Pony it up. There was also, there was. All, I did see Villa Report had something up as well today saying that uh, I've been locked in meetings all day today, so I've seen half nothing um, and anything I did see I skimmed through. Um, but Villa Report had that, that Villa are working hard, hard, hard on getting Ollie Watkins to sign a new contract. So, um I suppose there was rumors. There were rumors, but they might turn out to be bullshit. Yeah. Kind of a situation, uh, I would say. But well, it uh, seems, look, it seems credible enough that he's playing hardball on his contract. But um, as he, he should, as every player should. Um, I'm a big fan mm. of that. Score a few ball. goals. Score a few goals, and then 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 uh, then go back and go. Now, what do you think of me? So look, he started at the weekend. Strange, strange celebration. Not to go to error fans and have to be dragged over by John McGinn, but. He's uh he he's definitely a player that we need around the squad. If he's our if, best striker, that's why. You know, he's he's historically our best striker in the Premier League since we've been yeah. brought up since we're back up. So um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the reason the reason I brought up is because it's Arsenal and because it's the team he supported as a boy. So if that's in the back of his mind, then there would be an element of doubt in mind. Yeah, but there you go. As I say, for every single one of our players, starting There's point is north to fifty million. Yeah. Like if if Brennan Johnson is worth forty seven point five million, got to tack another ten fifteen million on for an England striker who's got double digits in the last three years. That's just my yeah. that, like that's my view. You know, every, every everybody has a price. Yeah. As the million dollar man and uh, Ted DiBiase said, everybody's got a price. Um, you know, so like I I've no problem with people being linked. Pony up the cash and and we'll see what happens. Um, if not, jog on and get him sign out, sign his contract. That's the way I feel about about every player because I'm confident that the club can replace. I'm confident in the in 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 the club bring the right players in for Unai Emery to play his style. Put it that mm. way. Um, yeah, absolutely. And everybody's replaceable. That's that's my opinion, except for we'd except like for not to replace them. <laughs> Yeah, that? We'd like not to have to replace them, but you no, know, no, if no. you do, sometimes you just gotta gotta get on with it and yeah, replace them. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Right, go and leave it at that, everybody. Thirty-five and a half minutes or thirty-four and a half minutes in. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us in the surprise episode of For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. We will be back. We will be back again tomorrow for Team Sheet Tantrum, and we will also be back then for a. Um, what's it called? Post match podcast after the game. Um, I'll be hopefully slightly a bit more with it. Uh, again, I won't have been working all day, but um, as I say, uh, yeah, we'll, hopefully you will join us for that. And thank you for joining us tonight. So, in the meantime, everybody, here's hoping to Aston Villa winning tomorrow night. But in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. And all that's left to say is up the villa, up the villa.
Podcast Network.